0: Get ready and tune into the Doctor's Guide podcast, raw and unfiltered, a unique platform to help you optimize your health through dynamic role-playing, real-life challenges with expert guests and your host, Dr. Bart Rademacher. I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher, and this is the Doctor's Guide podcast. And this is all about how do you optimize your health? But I'm not going to share with you specific products or services that are out there because there are so many and so many great ones and many not so great ones. No, this is all about sharing with you the process by which you then can decide what's going to be best for you. And how do we do that? Well, in a very fun and entertaining way with cool people that have a lot of experience in their fields in the health space, You know, whether they're actually a parent or a coach you know, a, um, a health provider, or even in the business space of providing services and products. And so for today, we're gonna to do some role playing with Yorana uh, uh, and, and Robert, and they're gonna share with us exactly who they are, you know, what role they're playing. And then there's gonna be an interplay and a conversation between the two as the one is telling them of their problem, and the other one is helping guide them through that process. And what I invite the listener to do is to find out more about, you know, how this relates to you and what you can learn from that. But first, first, before everything else, love to introduce both Robert and Jorona. Robert, who are you and um, what are we talking about today? Oh my gosh,
1: who am I? Great question. Thank you so much. I do life coaching now and group workshops. I can do public speaking, but I bring almost six decades of life experience across pharmacy, youth ministry, um, primary parent caregiving for the house uh, to the table when I do this. And my goal is to just make sure other people can live their best lives.
0: Excellent. Well, you have a wealth of experience and I'm excited to learn from you. This is our second show, by the way. so. The first one was amazing and looking forward to this role-playing. Yorona, now you.
2: That who am I question is so existential. Sometimes I forget who am I? I have no idea. Where am I? But I am an advanced certified life coach. I have 15 years in the field of early childhood development. I've got a wealth of knowledge with infertility, loss, and trauma and my primary area of expertise is now parenting so i work in the field of parent coaching and i do a lot of speaking engagements i'm actually going to be going to india in october to speak in front of 700,000 people live which is pretty crazy and um i don't want to forget robert and i are co-hosting an awesome podcast called the evolution of parenting because we both believe that although the role of parenting changes it never stops
0: awesome and if you want to hear our first show with the two of them then go find us you know and uh and there's some links below for that all right Robert wh- who are you today and what's the problem
1: today I'm a, I'm a emerging six-year-old and I really I'm full and I hate the peas you put on my plate and I don't want to eat them in fact I'm not going to eat them Just not going to do it. All right, go for it.
0: Go for it. Okay,
1: mom, you put all this food on my plate and you told me to eat it all. And I really don't want to do it. Like, I really hate peas. I don't know how many times to tell you I hate peas, but I'm not going to eat the peas. But most of all, I'm just full. I don't want to finish my plate.
2: I hear you. I hear you, honey. It sounds like you're feeling really full. How's your belly? Did you check in with your belly? Make sure it's full?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much full, but I want to make sure I can have dessert too. Oh, okay. All
2: right. So you're saving space for dessert too, huh? Well, of course you made that great cherry pie. Oh, all right. Well, let's see. What did you eat so far right here on your plate?
1: Well, I had some of the sloppy joes and, and some of the mac and cheese and, and, and two of the peas.
2: Two of the peas. All right. Well, what is it about the peas that you that you like what do you like about the peas the color (laughs) they're a really nice color I love that color green all right well I know you want to make space in your belly for dessert how about if you have just one or two more bites of peas and then we'll wait a little while for dessert and if you if you do that then we can then we can see how your belly is feeling in a little while and then we'll we'll come back around to dessert. Kind
1: of mushy and, and and a little gross, a little gross. What if I had one?
2: What, what if you had one? All right. Well, let's go ahead and have one right now. All right. And then we'll wait a little while. Let's see how your tummy feels. Check in with your belly because it's your stomach and it's your belly. And I know you want to make space for that pie, which is great. And I'm so happy you like my pie, but I also know how important it is to Eat your peas, too.
1: Okay, I'll have this one, but how long do we have to wait?
2: Well, you know what? Let's set a timer, okay? How about we give it 10 minutes, and we do a little activity here at the table. Maybe some coloring. Would you like to do some coloring? And then we'll see how your tummy feels about having a little few more peas.
1: What if we color and make it five minutes?
2: (laughs) Okay coloring and five minutes and then we'll check in and see how your stomach feels about having more peas
0: (sighs) okay Okay. all All right right. so robert what's going on in your head on this one Uh, just i think this
1: it's something that i watched my dad go through because i could observe it with his parents he was never allowed to leave the table without cleaning his plate but neither did he really have the ability to fill his own plate. Um, And he, he struggled at the end of his life. He had some medical issues because of it. He just, he always had this sense we'd go to a restaurant and he may be full or may not be full, but he always felt like he had to leave a clean plate no matter where he went. So it's just that, that dynamic of how does, how does somebody get to that point and where does it start? And I, for me, watching my kids, it kind of starts back when we're trying to guide them to, to eat, right? They eat some balance of foods and they make sure they have the right amount of foods uh, and so
0: on. All right, cool. I'm going to unpack all of that. Yorona, what was going in your head as the parent?
2: Well, what's funny is that this is the conversation I have with my son all the time. So for me as a parent, and this is what I do with my son, I want him to check in with his body, really give it a good check, because oftentimes he'll tell me similarly that he wants the cookies and that's what he really wants. And so I know he's not really full. He just doesn't really want to eat that thing. But here's the thing. I I believe in autonomy. Your body is your own body. And so it's important to kind of also wait it out with them. Right. Because what I've learned is that a little. We're gonna unpack that in a moment. Yeah.
0: Uh, Just wanted people to get context as to where you both are coming from, because I think it's really important. Because one context that I can share, they've done studies, for example, and where they have two uh, groups, and they put a certain amount of food in and the plate in one group, and which is a little less than what they should have had. I mean, for a good meal, and then the other group it was about 20% extra. So one group was maybe about maybe 5% less than the other one was about 20% extra. Um, and I'm guessing those numbers by the way, but you get the point. And what was interesting is that everybody, you know, ate everything on the plate and um, they were satisfied. So that tells us some interesting context, which I wanna talk about in a moment, because also as parents, when we put too much food on somebody's plate, like Robert was sharing, it becomes a problem but what you're doing is uh Yorona was was uh classic, which is great. So let's talk about that first. So Yorona, you're first and share with us what you feel that's going on. And then we'll go yeah. back and forth with you and Robert and myself.
2: So it's funny because I also grew up with a mother who was insistent on us finishing our food. But the thing is that you don't know your other the other person's body and what's what's happening in their body to register are they full or not. So you can only make a guess. Now, if your portion, if you're, if when they're young, you're giving them portion control and you're giving them the right kind of portions, you start to get an idea for understanding where your kid is coming from with the kind of portions they're willing to eat and what they are. You learn if your kid is a grazer or a scarfer. These are things that are important as a parent. You can't just say, you need to eat this because this is how much I'll eat. That's not okay. You need to recognize what's appropriate portioning and then if they're feeling full, then they have to keep checking with their own body. But usually just from a little bit of inquiry, you can figure out if there's really a hidden agenda going on there. So that's that's kind of where I come at it from. I come at it from like, a, OK, well, I know I've set out the right portions and. You're not always going to want to eat the same portions either. So it's like a give and take. Some days you don't feel like eating as much. And some days you feel like eating less. And some days you feel like eating more. So it's really, though, the autonomous control. And I'm still trying to give my child that control while also judging whether or not this is a, a real I'm full or an I'm waiting on something else. Right.
0: So this is a big problem, Robert, isn't it? I mean, just as as your dad went through, where parents um, are just putting all this food on on the plate, and then you know, grandma yelling at you for not eating it. Where's that coming from? What what, what is what is the origin of all of that? And and how is it that you know we missed the whole point that your owner just sharing that you know enough is enough food, right? I mean, why eat more when my body doesn't want it, and why force it down a kid?
1: Yeah, there's, there's two elements, I think, that make it difficult. One is that from babies to some particular age that I can't really say specifically, it's into, they're not intellectually capable of understanding that we are trying to provide them a range of things that we think their bodies need. Nutrients, right? Yeah. Protein, uh, vitamins, minerals, all of these things. But as a parent, I think the thing we might miss is where did we get that information who taught us that you should have a carbohydrate, a protein, a fruit, a vegetable, a bread, a dairy. Who was it that taught us that these are the right things and these are the right proportions, right? We go off the the food guide, right? The, The FDA puts out this big pyramid or whatever, and we're told that peanut oil is or oils are up here and all the good stuff is the tiny section and all the boring stuff is at the bottom. Right. Um, So it's it's an opportunity to think about where you as a parent got your information on nutrition and how you're transmitting that to your kid. When you're feeding, I remember feeding my children, and Gerber tells me what the right portion to give my baby is. Why? Because they put it in a certain size jar, and I finished the jar. I never thought as a parent to only give them half of a jar. Uh Right. So it's Gerber and it's other people telling us this is the right portion. This is the right amount. This is the right uh, mixture of things. And it's not that they're wrong. It's just an opportunity, again, as a parent to stop and think, where did you get your ideas about nutrition? And then how are you transmitting that to your children?
0: You know, I think that's key. And, And unfortunately, what's happening in our world today you know, compared to, you know, millions of years ago when, you know, food was actually quite scarce <clears throat> and we had variety of food um, that was very, very important and it was all organic. Well, now it's all processed, you know, it's 24-7 food and that's causing a lot of, you know, inflammation throughout the body, which ultimately is causing, you know, 50% of the adult population in the United States to be chronically ill. And we're spending half of our GDP, no, not half, one-fifth of our GDP on healthcare costs. And so when where does it begin? It begins with teaching our children, you know, how to make better choices uh, with uh, food. And, and it's so critical because now we have children that are getting heart attacks in their teenage years. I mean, hypertension, diabetes, all these different things. And that's a simple, simply preventable thing, They're not overstuffing our kids, number one, um, only letting them eat certain times throughout the day, like three times or twice, and not giving them all the junk food. I think 87% of the population in the United States eats junk food. your Yeah,
2: and you know, I, I go back to like the whole idea of this autonomous decision-making process with food, because your relationship to food is is very singular, your relationship to food. It's not I replicate my parents' relationship to food. I replicate my siblings or replicate my friends. It's my relationship with food. And we have um, a a pandemic of epic proportions of people who have problems with food. And a part of that comes from, you know, cycles that we go through. So, like, I look at my child. He's a grazer. And I'm not a grazer. I like to have a meal and, you know, and... I think that what we do is we do ourselves a disservice when we don't try to investigate, well, what's my, what's most beneficial for my body composition? What's most beneficial for my body composition? What makes sense for me? What makes sense for me? If I am predisposed to diabetes, if I'm predisposed to, you know, all of these are a part of the decision-making process. The thing is, I think so many parents don't bring their kids in early enough in the decision-making process And we have a society that's dedicated to rushing through meals in a really weird way. Um, Culturally speaking, if you look at like Japan, they actually have a class in school that's dedicated to the exploration of food for their lunch. It's it's actually the whole cultural basis of how they eat. And yet in America, we give our kids 20 minutes to eat. You got to get through it, boom, 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 and be done. And so they're scarfing down whatever they can, or they're like, I can't handle this I'm a grazer. I I I only have this time to eat, so I'm just going to not eat all day long. And then you have a teenager who didn't eat all day long, and then they come home and they're scarfing down food. So, our relationship with food is terrible in this country, and I think we need to change the relationship first and foremost.
0: Robert,
1: I want to key off uh, Uranus. Uh, comment about predisposition we have a our youngest child is ethnically Chinese we adopted him when we lived in China and one of the things that we learned with him is our definition our my western United States definition of what dessert was was always sweet It was always sweet chocolate cherry whatever but it was always sweet with my son he doesn't like sweets he, there's some kind of a genetic uh, environmental predisposition, if you will, towards just he doesn't eat sweets. So we would, you know, his first birthday, you know, sweet birthday cake. Right. And, and you finally get to the point where like, I don't like sweet. I don't like cake. I don't like pie. I don't necessarily like ice cream. I like fruit. And we found that in, in China, you were served fruit was your dessert. So it was an interesting component here to say not everybody just because you think dessert should be you know a seven layer fudge cake not everybody is going to land in that same uh, boat
0: all those commercials right because thousands of years ago all we had was fruit we didn't have cake so there you go right so you're spot on robert No, i think both of you have said some really critically important things and and i'm going to go a little more granular in all of that because you know as a medical professional and my mission is to, again, you know, make uh, health optimization available, easy, accessible, and affordable to everyone. It does begin with some clear insights as to actually what's happening in the body, right? And so let's say, for example, you know, the the microbiome, this, that's the the microorganisms that reside in their gut. And I'm going to shock some people out there because... You know, our bodies is made of, what, 70 trillion cells. And we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 700 trillion microorganisms. So when I first heard that, I thought, like, oh, my gosh, that's insane. Right. Um, and then actually the total of the DNA, 99% of the DNA that's in us is actually microorganisms. So they're actually doing something with our food. And so, uh, people that have challenges with, for example, you know, losing weight, as an example, oftentimes is just the food. And so, whilst a lot of you know diet programs out there and everything else, um, one thing that I've I've discovered recently is, is a program uh, described by Dr. Daniel Pompa, and he's done excellent work. He does excellent you know detox work. Just look him up, Dr. Daniel Pompa. And what I like about how he approaches the food uh, issue is, well, it's not so much, you know, a Mediterranean diet or a South Beach diet. No, it's get rid of sugars, get rid of grains, you know, replace bad fats with good fats and replace commercially grown with organic. It's that simple. And then he talks about some diet variation and, and timing. Um, and because I look at, you know, how we've evolved over millions of years right? And I don't think we were actually, contrary to um, your son, I don't think we were grazers. You know, I think we have periods of scarcity. We have many seasonal changes. And so I think that's probably inherently the right way to eat for all of us. But again, to Yorona's point, you know, it's everybody's um, personal physiological preference, right? That, And then potentially, you know, if they're healthy and everything else, then fine, right? Then who who's to argue with that? And I think that's an important fact, right? But if you're not healthy, if you are overweight, or you're having different kinds of conditions, you know, let's go back 2,500 years to the Greek, uh, you know, um, uh, father of medicine, Hippocrates, who said, you know, uh, food is thy medicine, and medicine is thy food. And so having healthy habits, and full transparency here, you know, I'm I'm working, right, not to eat everything on my plate. <laughs> so, and I think maybe I, I I put it to maybe I was starving when I was a kid and therefore I've got this relationship of survival. And so I better eat everything I can. I don't know. I'm just making that up. But um, whatever relationship is that's unhealthy to your honest point needs to be addressed. And that's where you get to talk to your own Robert, as to, um, you know, what we can do. So as we slowly wrap up, I'm going to give each of you a minute or two to for final comments. I'll start off with Yorona uh, this time and some final thoughts about all of this, wrapping it up, and then how do people get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, um, I would like to to say this really important thing. Developing a relationship with food starts right away. And some of the things that parents tend to do is they say their kid is a picky eater because they don't want that. They don't want that. But if you explore it without pressure, explore the texture, explore the smell, have them describe the food, all this sort of stuff without any pressure to actually eat it, they'll get comfortable with their discomfort around that thing and always be willing to try again because we are growing, ever-evolving human beings, ever-changing in our own ways personally. That means that your five-year-old might not like meat. But maybe when he turns six, he starts exploring meat. So don't be afraid to keep reintroducing without any pressure. That's really important. And people can get a hold of me through my website. I'm also on LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Instagram, Yorona Boster 1 for Instagram. Um, you can find me, Yorona Boster and Footprints Coaching on LinkedIn. You can find Footprints Coaching on Facebook. And you can find me on my website, footprintscoaching.org.
0: Make sure it's .org. I did .com last time. .org. Yep. .org. Great. Thank you so much, uh, Yorona. And um, you will also find a link at the bottom for all of that, as well as her specific insight and action uh, step. Robert. One of the things I want to make sure everybody understands, and I
1: think you get this, uh, Dr. Bart, whatever has been wired can be rewired or unwired in you you can change so what we want is a starting point for that and that starting point is thinking about what's what thinking about why you eat thinking about why you you choose to eat this way or why you choose to eat these foods so that if it's not healthy or if you do want to make a change you can it's possible the brain is a very malleable thing and it can be shifted and adjusted that's part of what life coaches and therapists and doctors are are all about is changing the wiring in your brain. So please understand that whatever is today doesn't have to be tomorrow. That said, you can reach me by email, lifecoachrobert63 at gmail.com. You can find me on my website, warpandweftlifecoaching.com. I'm on Facebook. You can just find my name and we can connect by that or we can connect to the business. It doesn't matter to me. So look me up and let's talk.
0: I love it. Well, thank you so much to both of you. And, you know, I I, I read a quote and I'm just going to totally mess it up. But to, to your point, Robert, is uh, the people that are going to do well in the future are not those that are going to learn more, but it's the ones that can unlearn and relearn and, and and adapt to the changing situation because it's really about flexibility and adapting to the world. Our bodies also need to adapt. And that's why diet variety is important. And And I love what you're saying, you know, just explore the foods. And, and no no stress. Again, you know, like we talked before in the last show, it's about framing. What's the frame that you're in? What's the frame that your child's in? And if he's just out there wanting to enjoy his food or not, right, be, be, create, keep that space for that child to be able to do that. And that frame of yours that's in, 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 in stress mode, urgent mode, you know obligation mode, responsibility mode, you need to put that aside because now it's not about you. It's about your little baby. I'm Dr. Bart Reinemaker. This is the Doctor's Guide podcast. Uh, once again, it's uh, bringing ecosystems together so that we all can learn the process about how is it that we can make these decisions. And rather than telling you how that is, you know, through uh, role playing, you can relate to this process. That's been totally fun and entertaining for me for sure. I learned some things as well. And again, as always, that disclaimer is that you know, my hope is, is that through this process, you get to learn your process and verify, validate in the appropriate manner. There's no medical advice here. And just find the right people with the right experience that are going to be able to guide you. And that, again, that's the purpose of the doctor's guide to choose to curate, to educate and guide. And we will be back. Robert and Yorona, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Doctor's Guide, an innovative approach to help you navigate the complexities of your health journey with Dr. Bart Rademacher and his expert guests. Tune in to more insights and action steps on our next episode every weekday at 6 p.m. Eastern.